We are back at it. Welcome back to another edition of the Pistols Firing Podcast. I'm Carson Cunningham, joined by Kyle Porter. Kyle, Cowboys are 1-0. We have plenty to discuss uh, from the win over Oregon State. Did you, did you have fun watching that? I did. I almost fell asleep writing my 10 thoughts, honestly. Like, it was uh, it was like 2.45, and I was like, what, why, why is this? Why did I choose this path in life? Like, what, what are we doing? Um, but no, the game itself, it started shaky. Like, the first three drives, you're like, okay, uh, sure. Glad football is back. But the second quarter, the third quarter were awesome, were a ton of fun. I guess my question for you, Carson, is of the of the triplets, the big three that OSU clearly has now, which one impressed you the most? Gosh, I mean, as much as I want to say Spencer Sanders, and we, we are going to get to him because there's a lot to discuss with him. Um, Chuba Hubbard, to me, vaulted several notches in just how good I thought he was. I mean, he's not just elite. He is transcendent. He is very few running backs possess that level of burst, speed, quickness, and just pure football ability. And I think that's my overall takeaway is Chuba Hubbard isn't a track track guy playing football. He's a football player who has track speed. And, I mean, I, I was getting, like, Barry Sanders vibes from him and that's that's really that sounds like crazy hyperbole but he was just at a different speed than everyone else on the field he was at a different level than everyone else in the field and my overall takeaway with him was we better he's shaping up to me to have a season kind of like Barry where he just explodes for one season and goes to the NFL that that's all I kept thinking about during the game was just how basically just transcendent Chuba is he's he's more than just an elite running back to me He, he he's a guy that is off the charts in terms of what he can do on a football field. I was blown away by him. I was blown away too. And yeah, him and Tylen, <laughs> they are so gone. Like there is no chance that they're going to be playing football in Stillwater next year at all, which is fine. Good for them. We'll enjoy one final season and, uh, and that'll be it. You know, I think the way we've always talked about him is like, and, and I think we mentioned this on a podcast a couple weeks ago, kind of Vince Youngy to where you're like, yeah, like he looks fast, but he's actually faster than he looks. Um, he looked, he looked like, I mean, so during the Liberty Bowl last year, I was there and I'm like, man, she was really good. And and you saw it during the OU and the West Virginia and the, and the Texas. You're like, God, this guy is like, he might be as good as Justice. He might be better than Justice was kind of where, where you landed by the end of the year. And now I'm like, yeah, this is, it's not even a question. Like I, I couldn't believe how many levels he, he moved up in the off season and Gundy kind of, kind of warned us about it, kind of talked about it, but I was just, and maybe it's Oregon state. I don't know. I was stunned by how much better he was in game one this year than, than game 13 in, in 2018. It felt like he had 100 yards in, like, two series. I know it was more than that, but, like, he's so capable of busting 40, 50-yard runs. He makes them look routine that it, it just, to me, it was startling. And and you're right. I, I thought the, is Chuba better than Justice questions you were asking were just, like, questions you ask on a blog in, in July. <laughs> 
I thought it was I thought they were a little silly. But as I was watching that game, I was like, this guy's this guy's off the charts good. This guy might be better than Justice and and that's no that's no you know that's no disgrace to Justice, but my gosh, I could not I was I was blown away by him. And I mean at one point he was on pace to, to break a single game rushing record. He he didn't get close to Barry's three thirty two, but but man, he um, Kyle, if he stays healthy, he's going to have one of the better seasons in the history of, of OSU rushing the football. It's it's pretty it's pretty easy. Now we have to preface everything that it's Oregon State. I understand that, but there's a reason this guy had 100 yards rushing in three of the last four games last year and already has 200 now. So I was I was floored by him. But yeah, um, we, you want to get to the quarterbacks? Well, I want to address what you said right there, real quick. Like we say, oh, it's Oregon State, and and yes, I agree. Like you can't get. We got out over our skis last year with Boise State, who was a lot better than Oregon State. So I, I think generally, yes. But, man, there have been some games. Like, I would compare them to Kansas, right? OSU's had some games against Kansas where you're like, what's, what, what are we doing here? Like, what's going on here? So I, I don't want to, like, write it off as nothing. And I don't, I'm not saying you're doing that. But I feel like there has been a little sense of, like, oh, well, I need to see it against Texas. And it's like... I've seen all the tube I need to see. Like that guy's un- <laughs> that guy's unreal, you know. And uh, so I don't know. Like I mean, go back to when was it fourteen when Tyreek took the kickback in can at Kansas to like save a win late there. Like OSU's had teams recently in recent years that have struggled against you know even offensively against bad teams. So I just thought the way they played offensively was. I mean, for game one with a new quarterback was was just unbelievable. And I don't know, we can talk about this whenever, but I thought the offensive line was really good. I got I got an email from somebody that said that uh, Charlie Dickey, this guy was sitting like kind of near the OSU sideline. He said, Dickey, Coach Dickey, Charlie Dickey was in every, like just, just hounding guys, like just in guys' faces. Very, very Joe Wickline, like uh, in terms of the way he coached uh, his guys and I felt like you saw more I don't know they just seemed and again like we need to see f- you know some conference games to see how it really is but that was an elite offense that I saw on Friday night and and maybe that changes but going into the conference or going into the next two games and then the conference season that's kind of where I'm at with this offense well and, and to your point the big 12 is not loaded when talking about Oregon State like there, there's not very many good defenses in the league so I mean good luck to any big 12 team stopping this offense and to your point about the offensive line like Chuba's proven that he just needs a, a crease uh, you, you joke that on the kickoffs like you think he's taking everyone back <laughs> I do it kind of feels like that on some of those handoffs when he gets a crease it's like oh he, he could go and um, no it was thoroughly dominant and uh, I mean let's let's get to the quarterbacks yeah. Kyle I mean obviously you know we all kind of thought Drew Brown would be the first guy to start Gundy has clearly just played everyone because I don't know how in the world you watch Spencer Sanders in practice and, and claim this was a close race. I refuse to believe that after what I saw. I mean, I just, that, to me, he looked, he was better than advertised, Kyle. He looked like he yeah. did in high school where he's yeah. hurdling guys and throwing it deep and showing, you know, elite quickness. I mean, he to me, he looked like Kyler Murray a little bit running around with his speed and just... I will say this, the the first couple series, Kyle, they didn't let him throw the ball. Yeah, so I was like, it was yeah. getting a little shaky there at first. Like, well, can he actually throw? And then he just, to me, that was one of the better, one of the better, if not the best debut I've seen from, from an OSU quarterback, certainly in, in a one for his, his first career start. Yeah. I hope people enjoyed that quarterback competition because it's the last one we're going to see for a while. 
you know, like that's, absolutely. that's it for a long time. And, you know, I, I, I have to, I, I gotta say this, like, I, I don't know if, like, I feel like Gundy handled this well now. Like, it's easy to say that f- for me now. Um, I, I don't know. Like, I, I feel like he was a little bit dodgy with like the media and questions and stuff, but I, I, See, I, I don't know that it wasn't that close of a race. I tend to actually believe that. I think Drew Brown's pretty good. And, you know, I think you might be in a, situa- in a situation with Sanders, and maybe this is what Gundy presumed of like, well, you know, he's just somebody who you get him out there in a game, and it's like another level. You know, like he's he's good in practice. He's flashy. He can run. All those things. And then all of a sudden you throw him in a game, and you're like, oh, okay. Like he's he's even better than we thought. And so I I don't know that, I don't know that it wasn't close. And I do think that like, I don't know if you saw Gundy's quotes after the game. I thought the way he talked about it was, was pretty cool of like, man, I just, you know, feel bad for, for Drew Brown. Like it stinks and this is the way it goes. And I, I, I thought the way he talked about it and the way he handled it was pretty good. I don't know if I love the way he communicated everything to, uh, like to people asking him questions. It felt a little like, I don't know. And whatever, like he's not obligated to us to say anything truthful, but I I do think that compared to the decisions that he's made in the past with different guys, this one, I I think it, it it turns out uh, the way it turned out was, was excellent. So you think Drew Brown's close to what we saw at Oregon state? Is that what you're telling me? I don't know. I mean like what? 80% of it. He's 80% of that Kyle. He should be starting at like (laughs) about every other school. I mean, I mean, he only, yes, he only threw for like 200 yards. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> the running. And this is what somebody, this is what one of my people told me like a couple weeks ago. They said the reason Spencer's going to start is because he is a, an elite runner. Like he is an unbelievably electric runner. Yep. And you saw that. I mean, the stuff with him and Chuba, like the option stuff and it, and the RPO and like, or not the RPO, but the, uh, zone read, the, the zone read stuff. You're like, Oh boy. Like what, what, well, how's that going to go? Like, the, I mean, it's just, it's, it's really exciting. I mean, think about how Sean Gleason feels. Sean Gleason, I wrote this up to the game. He, he went from like, you know, using a flip phone to like AT&T paying him to use an iPhone. Like he, <laughs> he didn't even have to like, upgrade he just he got paid to to get an upgrade at quarterback and now he gets him for the next three or four years I mean he's just got to be like ecstatic about the way everything played out uh yeah I mean uh, I mentioned he looked like Kyler Murray I mean better comparison probably I watched the game with Brian Keating from channel five my colleague and he compared him to Marcus Mariota. He's not quite as tall as Mariota, but very similar in playing style, mo- mobility. I mean, that's a, to, that to me is a really good comparison and a really good comparison to what this offense can look like moving forward with him and Chuba and obviously Tywin and, and all the receivers. But I know you don't want to talk about this, but oh, on dur- during the game, I just I was just flooded with the corn dog truth. I'm, tur- I'm turning my, my headphones off. You, you okay. can just, just take the floor. Well, it, it's, it's the first week. This is the last time I'm going to address it because that's all it needs to be addressed. But I'm sorry, Kyle. I'm not going to let I'm not going to let this gaffe go without without mentioning it on the podcast. I mean, the fact that they play corn dog every single game and wrote him to a six and six record with this kid sitting on the bench when you had four free chances to play him in those games in which you were lifeless. 
And look, everyone that tweeted me was like, oh, he couldn't start. He got there in the summer. I was like, no one's asking Mike Gundy to start Spencer Sanders game one last year. But to me, that's one of the bigger coaching slash quarterback. To me, it's right there with, with Kate over Whedon in terms of, of a huge gaffe in coaching and playing Cornelius every single game, every single snap last year. And, and what I saw out of Spencer Sanders only further proves the point that somebody not named Cornelius in some of those games should have played. So that's the only time I'm going to mention it. I'm super excited about Sanders and this season coming forward, but I'm sorry. I, I can't let that slide. Last year was an abomination and, and really an indefensible coaching move. It's, it's not, that's not unfair. And I think, you know, OKC Dave mentioned this in our, in our uh, forum. We had a, we had a forum or a, a thread going on Friday night uh, of like a, a PFB plus everybody should sign up uh, PFB plus thread and OKC Dave was in there just mixing it up by the way his best line was that whenever the coaches got stuck in the elevator like the next drive uh, Oregon State scored and he said maybe they should put Knowles back in the elevator <laughs> oh god <laughs> but uh, he uh, somebody was talking about how like Sanders looked kind of shaky throwing it the first couple series or the first couple drives and that was true. Like I, I thought he was. Uh, it was kind of like, can he, can he throw? Like what, what's going on here? I thought he could throw. And then obviously he he kind of unload the the throw he had to uh, Lane and Wolf. By the way, on the uh, it was like seed. It, it was kind of an out, but it was like across the field. Oh my gosh! Like that was filthy. But that was an NFL throw. Anyway, OKC Dave said, you know, it's unfortunate that there's not. A, <laughs> that there's not a red shirt rule that would allow you to get experience in a real game yeah. <laughs> before your first start as the, as the quarterback. And uh, so, yeah, all that to say, that's not an unfair position to take. No. And uh, to your, to your point about that throw he made, I thought one of the biggest plays of the entire game that is kind of forgotten about now, it was third down and, and somewhat long inside their own 20 for OSU and Sanders throws it up to, for grabs to Jordan McRae, who made an unbelievable contested mm-hmm. catch. Mm-hmm. Think about that. It's tie game, 10-10. You're punting there if they don't make that play. All of a sudden, that game could have looked very different in the first half. So I thought that was a huge th- – I thought that throw really kind of settled him down, and, and that's when he really found a groove. That's when they really took off, I thought, getting that first down to McRae. Yeah, and he, you know, he, he, he played smart. He's – He's electric, but he's not a, a moron. Like he's not like a lunatic out there. Uh, no turnovers. Didn't real. You know, he had a couple deep balls. He had one to Stoner that it was like, eh, I don't know if I would have thrown that. But he he didn't really have any throws that that made you kind of kind of shake your head or look around. I, I thought he was. Just, I mean, it was. I mean, it did not feel like the first game of of a season. I'll, I'll say that it felt like it was like October and and Oklahoma State's offense was just clicking against, you know, I don't know, Baylor or, or TCU or somebody like that in the middle of the Big 12 season. He looked totally un- under control. To your point, no turnovers. I thought he was really impressive when he got flushed sometimes and would throw it away. Yep. You know Gundy's been beating that into his head to, quit, <laughs> to, to, not, to not try to throw it into traffic across his body, which I'm sure he did a lot in high school. But, Kyle, I mean, just overall, what I saw out of Sanders, Chuba, and Tywin – I mean, this offense can outscore everybody yeah. they play. Yeah, they they really can. I know the defense struggled the first series. That was an embarrassing opening series, by the way, by Jim Knowles and, and the defense. That was just. And I know, look, I know they're missing guys. They're missing Israel Antoine. They're missing Calvin Bundage. I understand that. Uh, but the defense, I thought, settled in a little bit, but then just ultimately just gave up too many scores. But 
But make no mistake, I mean, OU's going to have a hard time keeping up with OSU on offense based on what I saw, yep. based on the talent level I saw at the skill positions and quarterback. Well, that's I mean, we'll a, see. We'll see what Jalen Hurts does tonight against Houston. But I mean, yeah. OSU's ceiling to me is is lifted two or three notches with what I saw out of Spencer Sanders. Yeah, I, I agree. And that's the thing is like if you've got a good offensive line, and look, we'll see. You know, like I, the offensive line, it's not. You know, it wasn't like overwhelming, but they were good. I thought they were. You know, I thought. You know, Gundy said they were good afterward. I I throughout they looked better than they have in the past. I thought Bryce Bray played well. There were a couple of times where, like, you and I could have run through a couple of the holes that Chuba ran through. And so you put Chuba through there, and it's like, well, that's a touchdown, you know. And uh, and, and you've if you have a good offensive line with that kind of talent at, I mean, that level. I mean, we don't, we don't even talking about, like, Jelani and Dylan Stoner and C.J. Moore who caught a touchdown pass. Like, there's just so many guys. But when you've got three at the main positions that are – like all American level. And I would put Chuba and Tylen there, maybe not Sanders after one start, but it, it has the trajectory of it anyway. I, I he, he, They're going to be awesome on offense. And this is why, like, it's so easy to overreact to this stuff, but I just feel like this set of triplets, like the Sanders, Chuba, Tylen, I think it's going to end up being up there in terms of, like, all-time Gundy-era triplets with Dez uh Zach and uh and Kendall Hunter, you know, obviously Whedon Blackman and, and Joseph Randall, and then Rudolph Washington and Justice. I think this trio will be like in that conversation on that level with those other those other three. It certainly looked like it. I mean it certainly looked like it in game one against Oregon State. Is Chuba gonna be like the best player in the NFL, like Tyreek Hill? Yeah, I mean when he, gets like, there? he I like if he was at like Georgia he would be he would like be the Heisman front runner. Well, I know a lot of people watched. You saw a lot of national people tweeting about him. So if he if he keeps doing that, he's he's already on the radar. So, but you're right. I mean, if he was at a, I mean, he looks like an Oregon running back, doesn't he? He looks like one of those vintage Oregon running backs. I mean, no coincidence. Marcus Arroyo is in is in Oregon right now because he recruited Chuba to to Stillwater. But but no, I mean, you're right. The the triplets. I mean. It was funny though when they were listening to the all-time greatest rushing performances in a single game. Did Kendall Hunter really rush for 257 against Washington State in that opener? I, I don't remember that. Was that the one that was at the at Seattle, at the Seahawks? It might have been. I think it was the one in Stillwater actually, where they just. Uh, okay. Okay. I don't think they. I think that was actually a, somewhat of a close game. Because that was that was 2010. That was when Whedon was the quarterback. I think Zach was the one in Seattle. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. We're old. Uh, yeah, we are old, and this is great radio. Yeah. Um, I <laughs> Do you want to talk about Tylen real quick before we get to a couple other things? Yes, yes. He looked – so my thing with him, he – and I, I think you talked about this earlier. Like, he plays bigger – like, you stand next to him, and you're like, eh, okay, I don't know if I get it. Like, he's not big. He's not small, but he's not big. He looks like he's, like, 6'5 out there. Yeah. Like like the passes that he like like Spencer threw one over his head on that on that screen and he just takes it and like he's gone and you're like what what was that who is that I I I'm just stunned by the 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 degree to which him and Chuba have raised their game he looked physically dominant he could have had four or five touchdowns I thought the connection 
that him and Sanders had is already just unbelievable. Like Sanders was putting balls in these windows that only Tylen can catch him. And you're like, Oh my God, this is like NFL stuff. And I get mm-hmm. it. I get that it's Oregon state. They gave up 77 to Ohio state to open the year last year. They're not good, but also like the, the way that they were making these plays is just, it's, it's staggering. And, and you're going to see it the next couple of weeks. And then we'll see when they go to Texas, who knows? They had really good chemistry and you're right about Tylen. Like I've always said that he just, James Washington was very similar. He's, he was even shorter, actually. But they played so much bigger than they are. And and I have a hard time, like, if someone had never seen Tylen Wallace play, like, how would you describe him? Like, he's not the biggest. He's certainly not, you know, known for track speed or yeah. being a blazing fast receiver. But all he did against Oregon State was moss dudes and look like the fastest receiver on the field by, like, a long ways. That, that, screen, that screen he took to the house was was stunning. Yeah, it so was. To, I guess I guess the way I would describe him, Kyle, is he's complete. He can make the tough catches over the middle. He can catch the screen pass, take it to the house, and he can catch the deep ball. And I think you got to give Casey Dunn a lot of credit because we're starting to see the same traits out of their best receivers in that they can high point it as well as any receiver in the country, and regardless of height. And they just they they seem to remember that touchdown he had against Texas last year where the Texas guy jumped early, yeah, and he just mossed him. Like he just has an innate ability to high point it as well as, as James Washington did, frankly. And so the word I would use is complete. I thought he should have won the Bolitnikoff last year, and, and he's off to a really good start this year. Well, and I, we asked uh, Casey Dunn at the golf thing about um, what is – like compare him to Washington. And he said, look, he's a better route runner than Washington ever was. And so I think that's one thing that gets and, – and I think you see that in like it's easier for a, for a quarterback to connect with you and you're a great route runner because he always knows where you're going to be. And he's just, yeah, he's very complete, unbelievable route runner. He just seems physically so much more. He also, the other thing Dunn said is physically, he's just unbelievable. Like so like just more vicious than maybe any receiver he's had. Maybe probably more than Blackman. He said, even, uh, did he have Blackman? Was he here for the Blackman? I think he came in. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I think it was his first year. Um, and so I think that's the other thing that go, because he's not huge, like that goes a little underrated, just how physical he is uh, with some of these corners and, and safeties and everything. So yeah, that, that trio is unbelievable. I wanted to ask you uh, to give me one guy and I've got a couple guys, but one guy on offense and one guy on defense that maybe you hadn't seen, or you'd seen uh, a little bit last year, but they just kind of stood out to you of like, Oh, that guy's pretty good, but like you, you maybe weren't expecting it uh, coming into to this season. Yeah, on offense, you had tried to pump up CJ Moore, and I was I was a little dubious, frankly. I just kind of thought there were too many guys in front of him. I kind of thought he wouldn't get as many targets, but he caught a touchdown, looked really good doing it, and um, I mean, stars matter, right? He's a four star kid, and uh, it was good to see him get a touchdown in his first real real action so that kind of surprised me a little bit um not not surprise me it's not the right word i just i kind of thought he'd be a little down in the pecking order but spencer looked for him and, and found him for a touchdown yeah mine mine was actually the guy that kind of was interchanged with him was uh jordan mccray i thought he was pretty good and like look he's not going to be their number one or their number two he's not going to be a superstar or anything like that but you know the thing that dunn talked about is like having a uh, kind of a safety valve and you just mentioned it. He was that on that third down. Uh, I think he had two or three catches 
and he's they have so many like six five guys at that position and yeah cj is like the future obviously but for jordan mccray to be in stillwater for a year providing them that depth i I just i don't know i was impressed by him and i I don't know what i expected but he was pretty good on friday yeah he was he he kind of had that that eight man vibe to him where you could just kind of throw it up and he'll 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 body his guy and get the the ball yeah Uh, on defense um the guy i kind of circled before the game was trey sterling i think there's obviously a reason they they moved Rodriguez to linebacker because this guy has, has clearly won the job at safety. I thought he looked pretty good. But the guy that really just just leaped off the screen to me was Trace Ford. Yeah. I mean, this guy is going to play, play a ton of football this year and throughout his career at OSU. I thought he looked ready from play one, game one, to be a legit Big 12 defensive player. I thought he looked every bit the part as a true freshman at Edmond Santa Fe. Yeah. Flat he- out stud. He was awesome. Uh, mine was Sterling. He's he's huge. Like their their safeties are re- like between him and Peel. I know Rodriguez moved, but he'll probably go back and forth with Bund. Uh, I don't know. Maybe he'll stay a linebacker. Who knows? Um, they're really big in the secondary, which is. I mean, I guess it's good. It's not good if guys get behind you. It doesn't matter. But uh, he was he was the guy that I was probably most surprised by my guy Tyler Lace he had a couple plays I don't know if he's gonna yeah. be the, I don't know if he's gonna be the defensive MVP he's huge too he is so big um but yeah I I think I think Sterling was the was probably the one for me Ford was good but Sterling kind of popped more throughout the night yeah I mean he he clearly has come a long way uh to be to be moving Rodriguez away from safety I thought he looked good too you, I mean this the, the safeties did get t- touched up a little bit there early, but uh, overall, I thought they played decent enough. Well, I was going to say, what's our what's our uh, what's our stance? What's our overreaction to the to the way the defense played on on Friday? I mean, my stance still is I'm not that in, as inspiring as as Gleason looked in Game One. I've yet to be inspired at all by Jim Knowles as a hire as defensive coordinator from Duke. I just I don't know. They, they were bad again on third down. They they seemingly just got blown off the ball a lot at, in the beginning of the game. Like Oregon State was not running anything anything magical, and they were just getting pushed around. Um, I don't know. I, and again, they were without two of their better players on defense. But still, I just I don't know. I mean, Oregon State's a decent offense, Kyle. As bad as they were on defense, they, they have a decent offense. So yeah. it's it's not an absolute crime their performance but it didn't inspire much confidence going into big 12 play moving forward at least yeah i get i, I don't disagree but i, I at this point it's kind of like i don't know like what, what do people do they want shutouts like is like do you expect like seven points to be scored like it's just not we, we have to arrive at some realistic like middle ground and I, you know, you know what I think the bigger thing for me is, and I was beating this drum at the end of last year and, and maybe a little bit this summer is like, I don't, I don't really care if you give up a lot of points, you got to create turnovers. And they didn't, they only create Carson. They only created 14 turnovers last year. They've created Jim Knowles coached 14 games at OSU and they've had 14 turnovers created. Yep. That's, that's not good. That's not good enough. And that was something that like, were Glenn Spencer's defenses always great? No. Were they always uh, good at like getting off the field on third down? No. Did they hold teams to 20 points a game? No. But they always created turnovers. They led the country. They finished fifth in the country. 
They were 10th in the country. I mean, every year they created turnover after turnover after turnover. And it's like, where is that? And, and some of that's luck. I get it, but not all of it. And if you're going to, if you're going to allow a lot of points, that's fine, but give your offense an opportunity to put up 14 in a row to put a team in a hole a little bit. Cause if you're not doing that, then you're just going to play these 45 to 42 games and it's going to be a, you know, you're, you're just not going to, you, you can't go nine and three or 10 and two like that. Yeah. I mean, that's the two areas that I am desperate to see improvement on or want to see improvement on is, is third down defense and turnovers. Now they did get close on a few turnovers. Kyle, I'll give them that. Yeah. Trey Sterling nearly had a pick. Uh, they nearly had another interception too. That, they, they were around the ball more it seemed than than the final numbers would indicate on on turnovers yeah, but that's, but you're that's right fair. they have they have to they have to create more it's just it's really that simple uh you want to talk unis yeah let's do okay. it let's uh let's get to this week's uniform review brought to you by chris's university spirit your one-stop cowboy shop on campus corner and be sure to shop online at chrisuniversityspirit.com uh, we saw the all whites i kind of called the helmet not really but close and what'd you think? Good. Give me, give me a grade on it. Uh, a, yeah. not a minus, not a plus, but a solid a, I thought the all white just, it's, it's tough to beat on the road. Just looks clean. And I love the helmet. I thought the helmet was awesome. It was kind of, the, it was the Patriot Pete stripe and orange face mask with the brand. I, I loved it. I thought it looked awesome. And, um, had I known Oregon state was going to wear all black, I would have picked all white for OSU. I got, I need to hold off on my uni predictions till I see what the other team's wearing, I guess. <laughs> I'm I'm with you. I, I think I'll I think I'll go A minus. It was it was solid. Um I I think I like the like the icy white helmet better with the all whites like on the road. I think that's pretty elite. But uh it was really good. And I just think OSU like, and this I'm so biased that nobody should ever listen to me about this, but <laughs> I think their uniform sets are are just great. Like I like if I'm a college football fan, they're in my top five like nationally. I just think they're really good. Yeah, I I would have given them a plus if they had gone with the orange pants. I thought that would have popped with the orange face mask and yeah. orange brand. And to your point, Kyle, like just look at the difference between them and Oregon State. Oregon State looked like an arena league team. They did. They look like a. They, they look like a. They look like a, a team in a movie where they didn't get the licensing fees paid. So they had to. <laughs> they had to go for generic. Like, they literally just like okay, we're gonna put an orange block on the front. We'll just we'll we're gonna be new and edgy with that. And it just <laughs> no, that didn't work. Sorry, go back to the drawing board. Their their stadium was. Uh... I think maybe smaller than Union High School. It was like the Cowgirl Soccer Stadium. That's what it looked like to me. Yeah. The one they're, the one they're building. Or, but uh, wasn't it weird just seeing, you know, I've long wondered what it would look like if Oregon State and OSU played against each other, just the colors, the letters, the whole thing. And it, that was kind of a, a weird deal. But um, I thought FS1 also kind of piped up the crowd they put like, they put like mics down the field where it sounded like death valley at night it sounded like there were a hundred thousand <laughs> people there and i'm like yeah. i keep seeing the stands and it looks like a like a state union like a state uh championship soccer game or something like yeah that's what the crowd looked like did you hear what gundy said about getting into the stadium yeah it took like an hour and a half and they had to like 
change in the basketball locker room or something like that? Yeah, they like their their school hasn't started there, and but for some reason traffic there is just atrocious. Yeah, they, they didn't they didn't get to the stadium until like an hour and a half before the game. That's crazy. <laughs> I mean, I'm that's I'm close. I'm glad we we talked about sending somebody, and it's like, man, if that was like if they're playing in at uh, like University of Washington, like if they're in Seattle or you know UCLA or something like that, yeah, we're in, we're going. But to, it just didn't. It did not seem worth it to to try to get out there and cover that game. You had to fly to like Portland, which is like an hour and a half, or Eugene, which is like an hour. It was. Gunny was like, this is a hard place to get to. Yeah. <laughs> and that's a guy who coaches in Stillwater. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what did you think about his perm, by the way? I was – that's my uniform Heisman, actually. <laughs> I mean, that opening shot, that opening salvo from Fox Sports 1, when they showed him the, the mullet was trimmed up and permed. Like, that's a perm. Like, yeah. he permed that thing. Yeah. And it looked awesome. It looked it looked like aerodynamic. It looked trim and ready to go for the season. I saw the uh, gif that you was it uh, Nick Pants on Twitter. Yeah, yeah. That is an unreal gif where he glances back at the camera <laughs> and, and he like, in. licks his lips. It's, <laughs> it is it is unbelievable. Um, so that's your uni Heisman is is Gundy, him or um, the offensive the offensive intern that was trapped in the coach's booth just trying to figure stuff out while the while Gleason and them were in the elevator. I was like, get that kid some help. He is like all by himself up there. <laughs> he, he thought he was about to start having to call plays. He's like, well, I don't, I don't even know what they are. Didn't it come out that Casey Dunn called plays? Is that what I read? Yeah. Casey Dunn called plays. Nobody told Gundy that the elevator is stuck, which is just incredible. Like, the and whole- then they stopped the game. Well, did you see? Did you see? Yeah, they did. Did you see? Uh, Jason McIndoe was trying to lift a grad assistant like through the elevator roof to get yeah, like, like sending help. I'm like, that sounds safe. Like that's yeah. that seems like, like it could it's like out of the it's out of the movie Speed. Have you ever seen the movie Speed where they're trying to get out of the elevators? No, I haven't. I haven't. You seen haven't it. seen any movies? No, I forgot. No. All right, never mind. Uh, my uni Heisman. Uh, so uh, two uni notes, real quick. Uh, Sanders with the clear visor, awesome. Uh, Chuba with the, like the long arms uh, patches, like from his like just the whole thing. Yeah, I think that looks great. Looks awesome. I love that. I thought McCray looked good. I thought CJ Moore looked good. I was I was gonna go CJ Moore. I thought it's it's easy when you're like seven foot tall to like you got you got the dreads out of the back of the helmet. Yeah, it's just it like just, unfair. It looks solid. I, I McCray thought... McCray looked like CD Lamb. I thought a little bit. <laughs> I like I like him. It's fun. The ob- and man, that was my big takeaway. Is like, it's it hasn't always been fun. The last, you know, you've had the like the fourteen, and last year was weird. This team seems like it's going to be just fun as hell. And look, like the defense might make it not like that, but I just, I th- and and I think you said this actually after the game. Like that's like as much fun as I've had watching a game, an OSU game in a long time. And maybe that's. The Sanders effect, I don't know what it – maybe it's just we haven't had college football in a long time, but I'm with you, and I think that uh, I, I just – I can't wait until next Saturday. Yeah, I, th- I agree. And even that even that 2017 team, Kyle, wasn't much fun because they, they kind of thought they were better than they were and didn't show up in a few games. That, that game against TCU at home yeah. comes to mind. And so, yeah, like is this team going to lose a couple games? Yes, they're, they're going to lose some games probably because they can't get stops on defense. But, man, they're, 
their offense and their ceiling for what how many games they can win after what I saw in game one has I mean Kyle I think it's not crazy to say they could get to Jerry World and, and get to the Big 12 championship game based on Iowa State almost lost I mean we have to wait and see what Oklahoma looks like obviously they'll probably be in Jerry World and then um, you know that game in Austin will 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 tell a lot about how the season's going to go yeah, and I think I think saying that like it sounds like an overreaction, but it it's not because look, they're voted what were they voted fifth in the league? Yes. And I think you you I don't know you look at the top five teams of any league and you're like yeah like they could play for the conference title and then you see what the offense actually is and you're like well yeah yeah that could happen like do they need some breaks? Yes. Are they going to have to win some games that they're not going to be favored in? Of course. But yes, I agree with you. Like it's not an it's not an overreaction to say they could play for the Big 12 championship. I I agree. Okay, let's hear one more time from our sponsor, Chris's University Spirit. We got to get you out of here, and uh, we will wrap things up in just a second. Chris's University Spirit on Campus Corner in Stillwater, Oklahoma, is proud to be your one-stop cowboy shop since 1986 and proud sponsor of this podcast, Pistols Firing. They specialize in custom-printed Oklahoma State apparel and merchandise and pride themselves on their excellent customer service. They also offer a full line of custom Greek apparel and can even outfit your Little League team head-to-toe. They're located at the corner of 3rd and Knobloch on Historic Campus Corner. You can follow them on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and be sure to shop online at chrisuniversityspirit.com. Shop Stilly, shop Chris's University Spirit. Okay, Carson, any, uh, any parting thoughts, any big takeaways? You've got, uh, what do you got? You're covering OU Houston tonight? Yeah, it's on ABC. We're doing the pregame show. Um, I'm fired up to see Jalen Hurts at Oklahoma, see what he's capable of. Is there any, like, is, can Houston even keep that close? Like, what, what, what's, how's that going to go? Um, I mean, OU's favored by, like, 24, so... Yeah. I don't think they're going to keep it close. The question is, can they cover the point spread? <laughs> I kind of love that. Uh, I kind of love that Dana's at like a like. I don't. I don't. I want Dana at a non-power five school to where like he just feels freedom to just kind of do whatever. And there, yeah, it always felt like he was like tied down by being a West Virginia, uh, which <laughs> that's may or may not be true. But I'm excited about that. No, I mean I I agree, and I. People from the outside thought it was crazy that he went to a non-power five. I, I think West Virginia was was kind of ready to move on from him. Yeah. He kind of seemed like he worn out his welcome, and he's from the area. Had coached there before. They're paying him a lot of money. And let's face it, if the, if the playoff goes to eight teams, Houston will be one of those you know group of five schools trying to get in. So now sure. it'll be fun. Dana won't be scared. He'll be, he'll run a flea flicker too, and they got a really good quarterback, so it'll be fun to watch. Uh, college football was nuts on Saturday. Uh, there weren't many great games like there are next weekend next weekend is insane by the way but um auburn oregon was was awesome and then there was just tons of like weird stuff that happened the big 12 is like isn't i don't i don't know man like iowa state is chick-fil-a to me just so overrated uh <laughs> how dare you go win nine games like and then come talk to it and that's the thing like how many times does Mike Gundy have to win nine games? But then, like, Matt Campbell wins seven, and everybody's like, oh, this is it. Like, this is Iowa State's moment. And you're like, <laughs> maybe, but, like, Gundy does this every year. Yeah. No, I, I agree. I mean, OSU deserves more respect. I mean, they're, they're the second-best 
football program in the league over the last decade, but yeah. people don't treat them that way for some reason. Yeah, for sure. Uh, okay. Good first week, Carson. We will be back uh, middle of next week, I think, on Wednesday, depending on some work schedules. And uh, we will be talking about the if, whether Chuba can rush for 500 against McNeese State in one half and uh, everything else that's going on. <laughs> so everybody tune in to ABC tonight. What time are you on? Uh, 5.30. Kickoff at 6.30. So we'll go all the way to kickoff. Okay. we'll get this. We'll get this podcast out there so people can – Listen to that leading into the uh, into the game. Watch you and uh, enjoy the Labor Day weekend. Sounds good. Okay, Carson. Talk to you later.